Welcome to the Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health Podcast, where we talk about the clinical and practical issues that face those working in the mental health industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Barrier Breakdown. My name is Erin Molino Bailey. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Cognitive Behavior Institute, and my co-host, Dr. Kevin Caridad, who is the CEO and owner at Cognitive Behavior Institute. Uh, Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Dr. Anya Topiwala, who is a qualified in medicine from the University of Oxford. She pursued specialized training in older adult psychiatry and has a particular interest in the association of alcohol consumption with adverse brain outcomes, including dementia. So thank you so much for uh, joining us today, doctor. And can you tell our listeners a little bit uh, about how did you first know that you wanted to study medicine and then specifically uh, alcohol consumption of the brain? Um, Studying medicine, I was a slightly odd child that decided at age eight that they wanted to be a doctor. I can't quite remember why. I think I had young (laughs) medics in my family. Maybe that was something to do with it. and then I got more interested when I did my psychiatry rotation. Um, out of all the specialties, I felt like uh, every patient was treated as an individual, um, you know, with a completely different lifestyle. Whereas perhaps in other specialties, people would walk in and you would identify the presenting complaint and then go down a sort of pathway. I felt with psychiatry, it was sort of more individualized. Interesting. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your um, research related to alcohol consumption. Yeah, so uh, I've been interested in alcohol for a while. I think I first started uh, working on it because there was quite a lot of controversy in the literature with some studies claiming a protective effect of low levels of drinking and others saying it was harmful. And I thought uh, this is an interesting area because so many of us drink and it's probably kind of important to establish what's going on. Um, and I, I use brain imaging to, as a tool to investigate what's going on in the brain. And I thought this, this um, issue was kind of qu- quite nice to apply brain imaging because it's a very sensitive measure that you can pick up changes much earlier than perhaps in memory test scores, for instance. Right. Can you talk a little bit about kind of, uh, I guess, what the literature says the average person drinks and kind of begin to talk about what you saw with some of your research with regard to amounts and its impact? Yes, I I think there probably isn't an average person when it comes to um, how much they drink. There's a huge range and it differs um, by country as well. So, for instance, in the UK, we're you know, moderate drinking is almost the rule, not the exception. And we have a small number of people that um, drink very heavily, so alcohol dependence, and actually very few people that don't drink at all. Um, whereas, for instance, in the States, you have a much larger uh, sector of the population that are kind of lifelong abstainers, for instance. Um, so it does vary hugely. In, in the sample that we did this recent study in um, it's quite typical, I suppose, of, of the population. There are lots of moderate drinkers. The average consumption across the, the individuals was something like um, 17 units of uh, alcohol a week. And I have to convert it because in the UK we use units and you use drinks, but that would be something like a bottle and a half of wine a week. Okay. Okay. And what does, uh, what does the, the increase in iron levels, what does that, what does that lead to? What can that mean? 
Yeah, so this increase in iron in the brain is a kind of, I think, uh, recent of in interest. It's graining prominence because it's been linked with several uh, diseases of late life. So things like Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's disease. So obviously it seems like it's bad news for the brain and cognition. Um, and nobody had really looked at um, brain iron with regard to lower levels of drinking in the past. So we thought it was an interesting topic to focus on. Is there anything particularly with meta, uh, metabolism that leads to iron? You know, in uh, my nursing background, you know, you eat poorly, you get these calcium deposits. It's interesting, almost that's how my brain, how I'm thinking about it. You know, how does iron deposits relate to metabolism of, of whatever level of alcohol? Yeah, so we don't really know like what the mechanism is, but we have a few um, theories that could be possible. So alcohol can make the gut kind of leaky. So you might be, it might be that when you drink, you absorb more of, of the iron that you're having in your diet into your bloodstream. So that's one theory. And then the other theory is that the barrier between the body and the brain, so the blood brain barrier becomes more leaky. So any iron, maybe you've got like a normal iron level in your, in your body, but whatever's in your blood can get into the brain easier if you drink. So there's a couple of theories and we're not quite sure oh gosh. what's think, going on. You know, I wonder uh, any of the literature supports with regard to iron consumption, would there be, so the one variable be absorption, this leakiness, this uh, diffusion across the, the bowel. What about uh, diet related? So uh, those that have high diet and iron and not having, because I would, I would imagine this is a dosage issue in a sense, if that's the theory, whether it be leaky, you, you have low dose of ingestion, but absorptions increase versus, you know, normal absorption, but higher levels of consumption. Are there any, anything that's been in the literature about that? Not in the kind of normal range. There's stuff that shows that if you have a very poor diet and you don't have too much iron, but we actually looked at this study because in this study we had information on what people were eating and we kind of controlled and took account of their dietary factors. So, you know, how much red meat they were eating, for instance. Um, and we also took note of whether they were taking like vitamin supplements or, you know, iron supplements. And this effects of alcohol seemed to be over and above anything that you were taking in in your diet it seems to be a separate process okay. um i should caveat that this this sample is is relatively affluent and so probably um their diets are quite good they're, they're unlikely to be um you know eating very poorly so, so maybe we wouldn't have seen such effects interesting and then related to, so all of our mental health clinicians who are listening, our audience, um, what would you, you know, think is important to share with them related to their clients who, may, who they may be, um, you know, helping treat for things like alcohol dependence and, and other um, diagnoses? I think this is just another piece of evidence suggesting that even quite low levels of drinking may be bad for your brain. And I think this kind of notion that a glass of red wine a day is good for us it's being gradually eroded um and as i suppose so if you're giving up or you're stopping that's great and the other thing is you know the dose of drinking seems to be important so even if you can you can't completely eliminate it but you can reduce it the harm mm -hmm. to your brain is probably going to be less what do, you, what do you think are some of the 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 strengths as well as limitations of the studies and what do you think for further research should look at yeah, so the strengths of the study, I would say the, the size, it's like far greater than anything that's been done before. Um, we did the standard analysis approach 
but we also used um, some genetic analysis because of course, one of the, the big problems with alcohol research is that there are many other factors that may um, influence how much people drink and influence people's brain health. And it's really hard to take account of all those factors. But we did another kind of analysis where we use the genetic associations where we're trying to kind of mimic um, like a drug trial. So you can't do a drug trial. Drug trials are standard approach in medicine to say, you know, one thing causes another, right? But you can't really do that in, in alcohol ethically. So we did what we think is the next best thing where we use these genetic associations. So we, so we use the genes that explain um, somebody's propensity to drink alcohol and it gets round some of these other issues of, this, of the standard approaches. So we could be more confident that it's the alcohol that's causing the iron elevation in the brain, not something else. So I think that was a strength. And then we tried to also link the brain findings with some memory tests that were done. And we did show that people that had high amounts of alcohol in their brain did worse on some of the memory tests. Interesting. Um, sorry, you asked a follow-up question, which I've now forgotten what it is. The limitations. Any limitations to the study and then further research? Yeah, thanks. So, um, so yeah, I think I've mentioned some of them already. The, the study sample is, is great because it's enormous and the imaging is very sophisticated, but it's quite a selected sample um, just because people had to volunteer to, to join. So they're not necessarily typical of the general population in the UK, at least. As I mentioned, they're more affluent. Um, there's not much... Um, ethnic diversity, they're mostly white ancestry. Um, they're quite well educated and generally healthier than the population. Um, and then with the alcohol, so we did the genetic analysis, but the standard analysis, of course, we had to ask people how much they were drinking. And there's always a question about how reliable is, is self-report, um, especially for something like drinking. And the gender mix in the study? Uh, that was quite equal, actually. Um, because we've done previous studies on a different sample, which is heavily weighted by males, but this one is almost e equal. So what do you think the next uh, natural step for research is as a result of your, uh, your, your study? Well, it would be nice to replicate this in a different, different samples that are perhaps more diverse. Um, and I guess if, if it can be replicated and there's a strong, strong finding, then I guess the next, or the, the ideal step is that we say, well, actually, if we intervene here on this iron, can we improve the brain outcomes? We do have drugs that reduce iron levels in the body that are already used for other conditions. So that would be really nice to be able to you know, do a study to show if you take these drugs, can it reduce the brain harm? Yeah, I wonder if it also, uh, you know, those that have struggled with substance use over the long term can reverse any of that if you treat the iron, that would be interesting. That's another good question, yeah. Um, you just, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, uh, Doctor, and sharing this research with us. Um, we hope you know we can stay in touch and learn about future research that you continue to do. It's a very interesting topic, especially you know uh, as it spans all across folks who either drink, you know, in in various stages, but uh, you know, for everyone who who consumes alcohol. So, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. And thanks so much for our listeners for joining us for this week's episode of The Barrier Breakdown. We will see y'all next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health. Listeners can find all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. 
For more information and to learn about upcoming continuing education events, check out our website, cbicenterforeducation.com, our Facebook pages, Cognitive Behavior Institute and CBI Center for Education, as well as our Instagram at Cognitive Behavior Institute and our Twitter at CBI underscore Pittsburgh. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We hope you'll tune in for another guest next week.